Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. So if you have a Bible, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I heard my future son-in-law get excited about the word right there. I heard that. That's good, man. I've trained him well. <laughs> he knows he better say that if he still wants to <clears throat> make it to May, whatever that date is, 20, 20-something. I don't know. I'll be there. But um, <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 5, um, if you uh, don't have a Bible, uh, we want to give you a Bible. So do this after service. Uh, just stop by Connect right there in the back. That's a, that's a hub for our church. It helps you uh, answer, you know, find out any questions you may have. Um, get connected, plugged into ministries, have Bibles there. Uh, a place where you can find someone to talk to, pray with, all those things. Stop by. We'd love to give you one if you don't have a Bible. But 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 is where we're going to begin uh, this morning. We uh, read this passage last week and going to hang out because there's a lot of things in here as we open up this new series together called Dear Christians. So uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you got it? Amen. I think we should roll with that. Verse 14 says, For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them, And rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Verse 17 Therefore, if anyone, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Aren't you thankful? Man, I'm telling you, I love this verse. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who, by, who, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, And has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Ain't that cool? I love this. This, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. That's a a powerful word there. Ambassadors for Christ. uh, Who who saw the story? It's hard not not to see this story. But on the news... Of, of the swimmer, Ryan Lockte, Lock, Lock whatever his name is, who uh, went to uh, Rio, lost his mind, lied about it, committed a crime. Raise your hand just so y'all know I'm not. Okay, cool, okay. All right. Okay, yeah, okay. So uh, Ryan Lockte, this guy went, again, as, as an Olympian to Rio, and uh, people are ticked, man. I mean, it was crazy. People are so frustrated at this dude. And I got to thinking about this. There's, I mean, there are people who have committed crimes over the last few weeks and lied about it all over the United States. But they're ticked about this dude because of this, because he is a citizen of the United States. And he's an ambassador in a foreign country. 
And he's over there misrepresenting this country and bringing shame upon our country. So we got ticked. Ticked off. People frustrated. Again, he's an ambassador over there. But who saw Sam Kendricks, the second lieutenant in the army, who's a pole vaulter? Anybody see this one? Okay, not near as many. Man, this is what happens with the media. This happens. You see the bad and hear the bad, but we don't see the good. Right, this guy named Sam Kendricks was a, is a uh, second lieutenant in the U.S. Army Reserve, and he is a pole vaulter representing the United States of America in Rio and our games, and he won the uh, bronze medal in pole vaulting. And as he was in the middle of his pole vault, running down full speed with a pole vault, pole in his hand, running, why does he can't? He literally hears the national anthem that's being played for a medal ceremony and stops mid-run, lays down his pole, stands at attention. People praise this guy as a hero, and they should. Why was he honored? Why was he praised? Because he's a representative, an ambassador as a United States citizen in a foreign land and representing it well. We are ambassadors for Christ. We're, we're citizens of heaven, Philippians says. And so we're here, so we got to see this. Now, we are ambassadors for Christ, and it's through God we're pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Verse 21 says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. God, so good. Can we pray and talk to the Father one more time together? God, we love you. We're so thankful for you. We're so, so excited to be in your house worshiping you. And God, I'm just thankful for every person you've placed here today, God, who you may be connected via live streaming, who may be hearing this podcast maybe even years from now. Lord, I pray, God, the word will come alive in our hearts and our lives. And God, let us see ourselves as you see us. God, let us see our true identity today. God, let us see that we are ambassadors for you. God, we're your representatives. God, you've made us new. Let us see that today through this word. God, I thank you for it. Give you praise for what you're going to speak into every heart through your word today. Give you glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Just high five your neighbor one more time. Fist bump somebody. Let them know you're glad they're sitting near you this morning. Amen. We kicked off a brand new series last week called Dear Christian, and uh, this is um, it's a series that I'm writing again as if today that I would be writing a letter to the church uh, to Christians today. Uh, we saw letters throughout Scripture, and we're going all the letters that I'm going to be writing through this series to you to the church are going to come from the letters in this book because again, it's always a word we must go to. But we see this beautiful thing in Scripture called letters that were written to let people see the importance of again what they should be doing as a church and who. They they are as church and as a Christian and what that means. And so uh, last week I gave you a message. Uh, I gave three uh, uses of the word Christian in Scripture. We only see that word used three times in the Bible, and I, we talked about that. So I'd encourage you to go uh, listen to that message online if you were not here. Go back and re-listen to it. It's important, again, because, again, who this letter is written to is huge. And again, that we're followers, we're Christians, we're followers of Jesus. And so this is important. And as we kind of now dive into this letter, as we begin to look at the things that I feel like God's putting on my heart in this area of teaching, uh, one of the first things we got to begin to gravitate to and hold on to is the importance today of our identity in Christ. 
And so we're going to kind of begin to, again, see, again, who Christian is, who we are in him. And I, I hope, again, your heart is open to this today because there's a lot here. Uh, but our identity is one of those things that the enemy loves to, to mess with us with. Um, uh, I have uh, probably what uh, some of you guys have who are maybe 16 and older or uh, 15, if your parents let you uh, do this yet. Um, uh, you may have a driver's license. Any licensed drivers in, in the room <clears throat> today? Just, just so I see. Okay. All right. Just a few of you guys, if you're driving illegally, Couple months, I'm gonna probably bust you because I'm gonna be on the road. So watch out. Um, <clears throat> but um, we uh, we 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 see some things in our identity card. We we have the tendency to do this as we look at our identity. The enemy loves to mess with us and use this because this is a lot of times what we do. Whether we're looking at the identity card that we've been given, or whether we're looking at the mirror placed in front of us. We have the, 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 the tendency towards leaning towards just seeing ourselves in the natural way. We, uh, we can look at things and we can, um, we can see that, um, first of all, my, my vision is not as good as it used to be, so I need to hold it down here. Um, <clears throat> the different classes of, of uh, license that I have, I, I'm a CDL, commercial driver license uh, driver, I have these different classes and endorsements on my license, but... I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a male who uh, is white, um, and I am um, 178 pounds, um, probably 177, 176 after that first song. <clears throat> Praise a little bit. If y'all would get into Jesus a little bit more in, in, in church, you'd lose some weight, get in shape. But uh, <clears throat> if y'all would worship him just a little bit harder. But, uh, but I, I, I see this here, 511, uh, and again, there's no restrictions, and I see the endorsements that are, that are there. Uh, what we have a tendency to do is look at ourselves on the card, look at ourselves in the mirror to see who we are. But we're going to see something in Scripture today that is, is far greater than anything we can even in, in any form or fashion wrap our minds around in the natural. This is a spirit thing that's got to happen today. I, I want to read a few of the verses uh, from our opening passage in the Message Bible. If you have that, if not, it's on the screen for you. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Verse 15 says this, he included everyone in his death. This is the message, paraphrase the scripture, easier translation to understand in, in our English language sometimes. It says he included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life. I like that. A resurrection life, a far better life than people ever lived on their own because of this decision. Now hear this, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. I love about this, about this church. <clears throat> I love that about this church. They just love, love, love. Again, we don't evaluate people by what they have, how they look. We looked at the Messiah that way once and got it all wrong, as you know. That's cool. Uh, <clears throat> you know, some of them saw him as Jesus, just a carpenter, as Joseph's son, and missed Jesus, the Savior. But he says, we looked at him that way. We got it wrong, as you know. We certainly do not look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside. And what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone, a new life burgeons. I mean, springs forth, comes forth, comes to life, 
And he says, look at it, man. I, I, I love that, 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 that paraphrase there of Scripture in this. And so as we dig into this thing today and we look at dear Christians, we begin to open up our hearts to see who we are in him. I want to give you a few things if you're a note taker. And again, I believe there's a special place in heaven, that you, level that you'll get to in heaven if you take notes that you can't get to if, you, if you're not a note taker. It's only it's special access. Um, <clears throat> special access if, that's, if you're a note taker. I'm kidding. That's not in the Bible. I was a joke. <clears throat> so, Number one is this, all right? Three things. Dear Christian, what's in the body of the letter? What are we seeing today? What are some things we got to know as that Christian today? First of all is that his love compels us, all right? His love compels us. It literally, his love compels us. The first verse we read in the scripture today, verse 14, says that for the love of Christ compels us. Now, if you're like me... um, I, I guess probably until this study of this passage, I did not have the proper understanding of the word compel here. Uh, what I, I, I do is, uh, I, I've done like a lot of people, I, I take an English understanding of a word and apply that to biblical principles sometimes, and sometimes that doesn't give us a proper understanding of Scripture. So it's one of the reasons I encourage people to dig in. It's why we dig into God's Word together. It's why we look up, uh, you know, in the, in the Greek original translation, Hebrew and the Old Testament, we look at these words and see things. But in this English word, uh, I, I think the English <coughs> word here in this translation, that word should not have been used because it messes up entirely wrong and completely messes up the understanding of this word. And so this word in our understanding, and I ask Several people uh, this week, what compel means to them? What do you think compel means? And I got pretty much the same answer back every time that I was asking someone what that what word means. And so I got back convinced um, uh, that, you know, again, it's convincing someone. It's compelling. Uh, it even may be encouraging even someone. Again, that's not bad. Um, you know, maybe persuading someone. Actually, the definition in the English uh, dictionary is that it's a force. So you actually, that love forces us in our English understanding. And so that wouldn't be a bad thing. Amen? I mean, that's pretty cool that his love encourages us and his love persuades us or even forces us sometimes to do things. But, but in our, my, my studies this week, my world got totally wrecked as I began to dig into this verse. And as I looked at this word actually in the Greek, this word means to hold or grip tightly. To hold or grip tightly. So when you see this word hold, it means to, 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 to compel. It means to hold or grip tightly. It is a constraint with a grip so tight that it prevents an escape. What? Now, I was just, I, I'm telling you, man, this week I've sat in my office, I've just cried, I've just been going, what in the world? I've missed this word my whole life. And that this love that God has for us, it grips us so tightly and it prevents an escape. One, one of the things that, that we do around my house, uh, if you've got you know, kids around the house, and if you're, you're a father, you may have done possibly what we do in our house sometimes, you wrestle around with your kids and you get in scuffles and you're messing around having fun with them and, and hopefully nobody gets hurt too bad and, and that sort of thing. But, but one of the things that I love to do, me and Caleb do this a lot, me and Adam have done it, but I, I walk up behind them and um, I've been, I've been you know, working on some defensive tactic movements uh, uh, lately with some of my school. And, and uh, so, so w- one of the things that, that I'll do is I'll slide in quietly 
behind you know, Caleb or Adam, one of them, and I'll restrain them with one of my moves. Caleb's like, yeah, that's me. <clears throat> and, 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 and I sat there, and I just, I, I hold them. And really, it's just, it's fun. Nobody's getting hurt. Nobody's turning colors or nothing like that. It's just holding them. But, but one of the things that happens, and Caleb's world's worse, he, he does this, and he, he will fight it with everything that he can. I mean, he turns his head. He's practicing some of the things I've taught him. And he, and he tucks his hands in, and he resists it so much, and he's fighting it every step of the way. And he's sitting there, and he's holding me. And I'll say it. I'll say, son, just tap. Just tap. Surrender. Come on, dude. Just surrender. And I, I just thought about it as I'm studying this word. The love of God grabs us tightly. And the love of God holds us. And, and, and this is what I like, man. It prevents an escape. This love that he has for us, and, and actually, I want you to start really digging into this and start seeing this word when you're reading Scripture. This is the word that we see throughout the Bible, this word that, that we use, this, they translate it as compel, seneco in the Greek. It literally is the word where you see held throughout Scripture. I mean, it's, it's where they, actually they held someone, and they, they grabbed hold of them tightly. This is the same word that you'll see throughout the Bible in most situations when you're reading Scripture. And I was sitting there this week, and I was just looking up and reading the uses of this word. And I was looking over the things, and I was just reading, and I'm sitting there going, man, I've messed this up for so long. I have missed the compelling love of God. I have missed the holding love, that, that restraining, holding, confining love, who does not want to let go of me as hard as I try to resist it so many times. And that love holds us and compels us and just holds on to us so tightly. And as I said in my uh, my Bible this week, and as I read, one of the uses of this word is in Luke chapter 22. And in verse 63, we see something happen. Jesus has been arrested and he has been, and now he'd been beaten and he was getting ready to lay down on a cross and give his life. And we see something that happens here. We see this word, the same word, Seneca, in the Greek. It says this in verse 63. It says, Now the men who held Jesus mocked him and beat him. Now the men who held Jesus mocked him and beat him. It's the same word that his love holds us tightly. This is the same word that, that happened. Now, we know that, that we know that any time Jesus could have called down the angels from heaven. And, but as I was sitting there and I was just reading this and I was just looking at this, now the men who held Jesus mocked him and beat him. You know, he allowed this to happen over and over. Jesus allowed himself to be held by man so that one day he could hold man. He allowed himself to be held and constrained and held tightly and mocked and beaten so that one day he could hold you. As I read over this, I, I, my understanding has changed. I, I lived a lot of my life in constant fear of falling. 
I just, that's, just, that's just how, again, some of what my teaching was brought up in and, and my understanding of Scripture. But I lived a lot of my life thinking that so many times that I was going to fall and, and that every time I turn around, I'm getting ready to fall. And I started reading the Scripture this week and I started getting a better understanding that, listen, one, it's a whole lot harder to fall than you think it is. But I understand now if I fall, he's holding still tightly to me and catches me and embraces me and, and holds me. And, and listen, what I've been trying to resist for so long, what I've been trying to fight for so long, you know what I should have done a long time ago and what some of you need to do this morning? Surrender. Some of you, you're, you're, some of you right now, you get out there and you're pulling, and man, you're seeing everything's tightening up on me. I can't breathe right now. Things are getting crazy. Things, quit resisting. You know what he wants to do for you this morning? He wants to hold you. He wants to place his arms around you. And listen, it's not like me when my son is trying to wrestle around and fight and those types of things. I'm not trying to hurt, and he's not trying to hurt us. He's holding us. And honestly, one of the funnest things about that as a father and son today, you know something is? I still get to grab hold of him. I still get to hold him. Guy's 18 or 19, I don't even know how old you are anymore. <laughs> man, I still love holding him, man. You know something? He still loves holding you. And just let him today, and don't live in this fear of, this, of his love anymore. Don't fight this. And, and I heard a quote one time, and, it's, and it really made sense to me this week, that the enemy of love is fear. I, the enemy of love is fear. For, for so long, I thought the enemy of love was hate. And the enemy of fear was, was faith. Those things are the... Uh, no, that's not what we're getting. Even the Bible doesn't show that, say that. Don't you look what Scripture says. It says that love has been perfected among us in this, 1 John 4, 17, that it, it has, his love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world, the message there says that our standing in this world is identical with Christ. That's, that's cool. And that our standing in this world is identical with Christ. And so, again, this is this identity thing unfolding and seeing it. And then verse 18 says, there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. I've been in that place. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. And if we love him, it's because he first loved us. See what's going on here. This uh, love uh, he, he has for us. Listen, th this love that he has, is, we can't escape this love. We, we, can, we cannot resist it. We shouldn't fight this. He's going to never... Please understand, if you don't leave anything else today, please understand, he's never going to quit loving you. Now, what I've seen in my life, and, and I've done both, and I've, what I typically see with most people is there's two responses to God's love. There's two things that happen when we see it. And, and typically what happens is this, and you can see this in love relationships in your life as well, those that you love, they'll either take advantage of it or they'll hold on to it tightly. 
You'll see it every time. I've, I've seen this with family members of people who, who that, you know, again, you're loving, we're family, so you're supposed to do this, and you have to do this or whatever, and they'll try to take advantage of these certain things, or they'll do this. They will embrace it themselves, and they'll hold on to that love. Listen, I want to be found holding on to God's love. I want to be found holding on tightly, just as tight as he's holding me. So again, this love that God has for us compels us. It compels us. Dear Christian, his love compels you. Number two is this. Anyone can be in Christ. Anyone can be in Christ. Uh, uh, verse 7 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ. This is, this is one of the things we've we got to get. Uh, this is anyone can, can be in Christ. This is not the someone's. I, 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 we, what, what's happened is this. We, we've gotten people, and the enemy's even gotten people to think, well, if you're someone, if you're somebody, then you can be in anybody. That's not how it works. He doesn't take somebody and make some anybody's. He takes anybody's and makes some somebody's. That's what Jesus does. And so he takes this and he says anyone can be in Christ. Anyone can do this. Anyone can come in. And so he does this for us. He takes nobody's, anybody's, and makes them somebody's. We did something and we spent 21 weeks in our last series looking at the real Jesus. And, and it's just, man, I tell you, I love what we saw. There's so many powerful things that we see in Christ. And, and this is what he takes anybody's and makes them somebody's. You know why I say all the time, come on, somebody? <laughs> so I just got, it makes sense now. I mean, now you see why I'm trying to get people to see. Now you're somebody because of him. But this is what happens. This is how it works. This is how anybody's become somebody's because anybody can be in Christ. I just wrote down the 20 things that we spoke of in 21 weeks about the Jesus. I'm going to go through these quick. The real Jesus is alive. The real Jesus is God. He's the word. He's king. He's peace. He's carpenter, he's son, he's freedom, he's the Christ, he's servant, he's friend, he's grace, he's giver, he's healer, he's shepherd, he's love, he's hope, he's way, he's truth, and he's life. That was the real Jesus, that recap, that we see this, and you know something? We're in that. What? We're in him. You know, it's incredible. He's in us. I love this. We see this from the very beginning. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. I love what takes place. He said, and the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, from dirt. He formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. He, he, he was not living until God breathed in him. So again, he forms us. He takes this pile of dirt. He takes this dirt bag and breathes life into him. There's, I, I hear uh, women sometimes say, man, all men are dirt bags. And I found out something. It's true. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it, something like it makes sense now. Uh, listen, 
you, you, know, you know why maybe the men that you're seeing are dirtbags? Because you're not hanging out with the ones who have allowed God to breathe life into them. And you have allowed, allowed the Holy Spirit to come in and breathe hope into them. And then you're hanging around. Listen, please understand. I don't know why I'm going here. Somebody needs to hear it, I guess. Maybe it's just somebody on live stream. It ain't none of y'all. But, 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 but some of y'all, man, y'all are going after people. And you're, you're trying to build a relationship with someone. And right now, you're wondering why it's not working. They're a dirtbag. Y'all ain't going to hear this at the mega church. <clears throat> but this is truth, man. We must have him. It's life. Listen, must be breathing. And, and this is for you today, and this is for me. That's all I was until Jesus breathed in me. That's all I was. I, I, don't, I, I never had another hope. Other than being a, a pile of dirt until Jesus breathes life into us. And you can take it and you can pile it up and you can draw in it and write all, all this kind of stuff. In, my, in the end, it's still dirt. But when he tastes it and breathes life into it, how does he do that? You know what he does? Verse 17 here, he tastes it and he breathes us and he makes us new. And the third point this morning is this. He made us new. Dear Christian, he's made you new. New. Verse 17 says, therefore, if anyone, again, say that with me, anyone, anyone is in Christ. He's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Please hear this, how this works. In order to be made new, understand this, the old must pass. And this is how this works for us. He, this old things in our life, they have passed away. Now, I'm not trying to be insensitive because we've all suffered this in our life from someone. We've all lost somebody that means something some, to them. And, and typically the term when that happens is we'll say that they've passed away. We'll, we'll, we understand that in that term. When we understand what that means when it's in that sense. They're, they're no longer here. That, that we're not going to wake up tomorrow morning and then be here. Because what has happened is they've passed away. And, uh, and, and it's just... it's, it's this is something that God's been trying to just get me to see for a long time. That he says this when it comes to our life, that the old things in your life and in my life, they're dead and gone. They're dead and they're gone. And they've passed away. And what happens with us so many times, that old man that's dead, that old things that died, we spend more time wrestling with the old man than walking in the new man. We spend more time getting up and wrestling and fighting with that old man and that old thing instead of walking in the newness that God's made us to be. Now listen, here's how this works. This is what we do with it. He told us, again, that thing does try to come back. Past does try to come back. The old man tries to rise up. So just every day you get up and, and put on armor and kill the old man. Crucify the flesh daily. You know why he said just till it daily? Again, because that thing will try to come back. But please understand what he says about this. He says that the old man is passed away, that he, he has made us new. I, I look at, again, this driver's license. Are you looking in that mirror, and what you may see is a white male, or you see a white female, or you see this situation. And some of you guys look in the mirror, and this is what you see. You see addicted. You see divorced. 
you see depressed, you, you see bondage, you, you see stronghold, and this is what you should be seeing, a new person in Christ. See it. Don't look at those things. He says we don't see ourselves in that way any longer. We don't look at ourselves in that way anymore. We see ourselves as newness in him. And this is, this is so huge what he's shown me. Galatians 3, 27, 28 says this. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. You are all one in Christ Jesus. So when you look in the mirror, you know what? You should see Jesus. We saw it earlier that that we're his identical on this earth. We're his ambassador. We're his representative. And so quit looking in the mirror, seeing all the past mess, and start seeing in the mirror who he's made you to be. Start seeing yourself as Jesus made you. He said, you're new in him. And this new, man, again, this word is so powerful. In the Greek, you know what it means? New. Come on. It means new. But it it doesn't do what, what my understanding, again, it's my thinking. What newness is this? You, you know what we do a lot of times when it comes to ourselves. If, if if we you said this, if you said we got a new car, got a new car this week, you, you know what that would put in my mind that you no longer are in the old one. That's revelation right there, somebody. You're like, no, that's, that's makes perfect sense, Pastor. You're losing your mind, no, but. It just made sense. You've got a new one. You know, you know what, Pastor? We've got a new house. You know what I'm thinking? You've got a new address. I'm not going to go to your old house and find you. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to see you there. Uh, what, if, if you tell me you've got a new car, you know what I'm going to see you doing? I'm going to see you coming up in a new car. But this word here is not new in reference to time. It's new in reference to quality. And and it literally means newness, this freshness, this unused. Some of you feel so used up. Listen to what he makes you. He makes you new and unused. And, And I thought a lot of times when I think about newness, you know what I thought it was in relation to time? And I'm going to go back, and again, I'm just a younger version of who I am now. That's not who it is. He's made you totally new in him. I was talking to an engineer the other day, and this engineer was talking about a, a facility here in, Green, in Greenville, and, and we were talking about all the outfits. And I've been in this building, and I said, man, that building's in bad shape. He said, yes, it is horrible. And we start talking, and he said this. He said, you know what they need to do? They need to just wipe and level the whole thing and build a new one. You know what God does with us? Cleans all that old mess out. Makes us new in him. Again, we have the memories. We have things that we go because, again, those are testimonies that God uses to let somebody else know. He can make you new too. And, And those things are there. But what he does for us, listen, when you look at the driver's license of your life, when you look at the mirror, listen, don't see addict any longer. Don't see failure. 
don't don't see uh, um, I'm an, still addicted to porn. Can't get off of it, and it's always going to wreck me the rest of my life. Don't see that. Don't see that. Man, I've had I've had three divorces, and and I'm I'm struggling. Don't listen. Worship team is going to come around. And as they come, I want you to grab hold of today. Dear Christian, you know what he does? He makes you new. He makes you new. And, and what you must do today is, is either one of two things. If he's made you new, and I, I just, as you sit right where you're sitting, just bow your heads for a moment. Just close your eyes. I want to ask you a question. Have you allowed God to make you new? Have you allowed that? If yes, you should celebrate it. <laughs> if yes, you should celebrate it. That you can get in the mirror and look in the mirror and say, man, I'm not who I used to be. I'm who God made me. And if you answer today is no, surrender. Surrender. Oh, man. Some of you in this morning, you need to have a funeral service. Some of you need to have a funeral service. You need, you need to let some things, let them die. Let them go. Understand that he's it's, it's passed away. He makes you new. <laughs> oh, man. God could do so much more with the new. Quit wrestling with the old man and start walking in the new. Father, I thank you right now that you're speaking to hearts and lives. You're speaking to hearts and lives right now, God. You're just drawing by your spirit, God. And I, I pray today, Lord, that we'll just have a love encounter with you this morning. God, your love is so strong and it holds us so tightly. Lord, those who have already been embraced by you, God. Father, I pray this morning they'll quit resisting. Totally surrender. And just enjoy your embrace today, God. Just enjoy your embrace, God. God, I'm thankful that you just take anybody's and you make them somebody. Lord, I thank you that you take all things and you make them new. Completely new. Unused. Unused today, God. If you're here and you need to surrender your life to Christ, you you need to today give your life over to Jesus. You need to do this. You need to surrender to Him. You need to, to allow Him to come in and make you new. Because anyone is in Christ, He's a new creation. Anyone. Well, no, I gotta come. I gotta go be somebody. No, 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 no. He doesn't take somebody's. He takes anybody and makes them somebody today. Father, speak once again to hearts and lives. If that's you today, you need to surrender your life to Jesus. Or just, just right where you're sitting, you can say this. God, I, I realize today 
I need to give my life over totally to you. I need to quit resisting and start receiving today. I receive your love. Thank you that Jesus gave his life for me. Thank you that Jesus was resurrected. Thank you that Jesus is in heaven and is going to come again. Put my faith in that right now. Put my hope in that today. In Jesus' name.